Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter. I've got two great co-hosts joining me today, Mr. Matthew Fox, who you can find at Nighthawk and I'm sorry, Nighthawk7734 on Twitter. And then we got Mr. Tony Dwyer. You can find him at Commissioner MR on Twitter. Today we will be breaking down the Thursday night football game. We will also Talk about some of the injuries and slash benchings that have happened over the past couple days. And lastly, we'll give you guys some bold predictions. After that, I have a new co-host who's been joining me a couple days a week possibly. Just do a little bit of fun fantasy talk debate on players. And then we will do some start-sit advice questions as well. Mr. Ty Moss, a good buddy of mine. Pat him on before. Does not have any social media stuff. Is he, uh, well... He doesn't believe in it. He thinks the government's tracking him that way. I'm just kidding a little bit, but he really doesn't have any social media stuff. But he will be joining me at the end of the podcast. We'll be doing a lengthy discussion on Amari Cooper, top wide receivers, and running backs. So please hope you guys enjoy the episode. We'll jump right in Thursday Night Football first, and then we'll do all the other stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys get a minute, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It would mean a lot to all of us as it really does help us out. And on top of that, rate and review a bunch of the other podcasts a part of this network, you can f- including, I'm sorry, my goodness, you guys, this is this is all over the place, the likes of Jim Day of FF Champs, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of others all on this great network, Full-Time Fantasy, and you can find all of that and all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com. Hello! And we've got the the crew back together here that was supposed to be uh, together last week. Uh, Tony and us had a little bit of scheduling conflicts, but he is back with us this Thursday. We have Mr. Matthew Fox with us as well. Excited to have you both on here today. We're going to do a little Thursday night preview. We'll talk about some of the big injuries and other stuff going on with NFL players, and then we're going to each give you guys possibly some bold prediction stuff at the end of the episode. Matt, Tony, how you guys doing? And, and thank you for joining me today. Doing pretty good. Just uh, looking forward to starting another NFL week. Yeah, no complaints here at all. This is my, you know, it's crazy how fast, how fast the football season starts. And now here we are. We got Thursday games. You only have to have a couple days without football, and then, and then Sunday night, and then Monday. And uh, favorite time of year, best time of the year for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The only bad part is just like Matt was saying, we're already here. Yeah, I mean, we're already in week three. Like week three is starting tonight, and that's crazy that we're already three weeks into the NFL season. It, it just boggles my mind that we are that deep in already. And before we know it, I feel like it's going to be week 17, and we're all going to be upset and crying because our fantasy seasons are over. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. 
Thursday night football game tonight between the Tennessee Titans, who are 1-1, one and, one, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 0-2, Tennessee being given the 61% chance to win this game. On the Tennessee side of things here, uh, I'll, I'll start with, with Tony, since, since you missed out last week. Outside of Derrick Henry, and we'll, t- we'll save him last because he's obviously very fantasy relevant, outside of Derrick Henry, are you willing to start anyone else on this Tennessee offense this, uh, tonight? Uh, I'll start Delaney Walker. He's a start for me for sure. But outside of that, man, that's a dart throw. Yeah, where um, where exactly would you have Delaney Walker this week? Because he he actually had obviously he blew out the Browns in week one, and then week two didn't actually have a bad week. I think he finished right in the fifteen range. Would you put him right back in that range, expecting tonight against a, a good Jacksonville defense? I I'd probably put him a little higher than that, even. Um, Back in tight end one, I, if he if he finished this week uh, for the week, I don't mean for like for the season, like for the three weeks total. But if he was a week three tight end eight or nine, that wouldn't be surprising to me at all. It's a divisional game; they're going to have to win. Um, and Blake Bortle, I'm sorry, Blake Bortles, I'm thinking, sorry, um, Marcus Mariota. He's been looking at him. I mean, the guy's gotten six targets a game. He's been really consistent with him too. So. I'm pretty confident in Delaney Walker at this point. You always are a little worried about injuries with older guys like this, but he's he's been on the field. He's been showing up. He's been catching the ball when it's thrown his way, and I don't see that changing. So, yeah, I'm confident in him. I'd call him, um, if I had to guess, I'd say tight end 9 or 10 wouldn't be unreasonable, and there's an upside there. Okay. What about you, Matt? Anyone outside of Derrick Henry you would feel comfortable starting? Delaney Walker's it for me too. Uh, that's when I was looking at it. I'm, I'm about in the same, uh, group. I think if he finished anywhere between tight end eight and 12, that would be about what you'd expect. Um, you know, he's always a decent bet to get a touchdown. There's no one else I think is super reliable in this passing game, including Marcus Mariota and the corners that Jacksonville has and on the road. I would not feel good if I was forced to start one of their receivers. All right, so Derrick Henry, he's a guy that, uh, Tony, I'm not sure where you landed on him, but me and Matt were both not big fans of Derrick Henry coming into the season. Going back to last year in the game where he had that uh, wonderful, I believe it was 99 or 90-yard touchdown run against the Jaguars, he has averaged 80 yards a game and or a touchdown since that game, and he has continued that throughout this season to much to my dismay because I did not expect him to continue to be good. He has balled out. What are you expecting out of him tonight against a fairly good Jacksonville Jaguars defense, and do you think he will continue doing it the rest of the season moving forward? Yeah, I hate to admit it, too. I was way wrong about Derrick Henry. If, if these two weeks are are any indication of what they're going to do. I wasn't convinced that they were going to going to feature him as a back. But at the same time, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Last week, he only had 15 rushing attempts. If he only has 15 rushing attempts again, then you and I and, and Matt, we're all right. But I feel like I was wrong here. Derrick Henry is enormous, and he's impossible to bring down. So as soon as they figure out to just feed that guy the football – you only have to be up a couple of points and just keep running over those defenses. Um, I, yeah, Derrick Henry, you, you excluded him, but Derrick Henry's a guy I totally expect him to go off for 130. He's going to have, um, I'm thinking of the Colts right now. Marlon Mack, I think it was week one, had 157 rushing yards or something like that. Yeah. Derrick Henry's totally in line to have, an, have, a, have a game just like that against 
Gardner Minshew, who looked good for a couple of weeks, but is still a rookie and is dealing with uh, not the most ideal weapons, if that makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What are you expecting from our best friend Derrick Henry here tonight? Yeah, I mean, this game is kind of the anniversary of his coming out party. It was a Thursday night against the Jaguars. It was a week, I think it was week 13 uh, last year. I had looked it up. He ran for 238 yards and four touchdowns in that game. You know, I don't expect he's going to have such a huge night tonight, but he's been incredibly steady since then. He has been at least minorly involved in the passing game, and as we saw in week one, all it takes is a couple of missed tackles for him to make a big play there. I think he's safely in the RB2 range right now uh, with some potential to go even higher depending on what happens. You know, we saw in week one, 75-yard passing TD. In addition to the 80 and the touchdown on the ground, he seems to be the most reliable piece of their offense. Before we move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, would either one of you feel comfortable starting this Tennessee Titans defense tonight against a Gardner Minshew with a, a variety of different weapons? No, I'll jump in right away. I, I'm probably not going to do that. Um, it's just there's just too much gamble there. Gardner Minshew has shown up and he's done well, with, especially with the deep ball. DJ Chark is a name. Excuse me. DJ Chark is a name that a lot of us have been talking about doing a whole lot with limited touches the the guy's good at football i'm i'm i I guess i'm somewhere torn between this is going to be a really really low scoring game or one of these teams is just going to run away with it and with tennessee not being a contender at one of the elite contenders on defense i'm probably fading fading both of the defenses I absolutely would start the Tennessee defense. Uh, we saw Gardner Minshew have a nice game in week two, and then the Houston Texans defense was still a great play. Um, in the first two weeks of the season, Tennessee faced Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. on the road, and then they came home and faced a pretty decent Colts team with Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton, and they held both of them in check and were very playable. I see no reason to yank him out of your lineup facing Jacksonville and the Husk, formerly known as Leonard Fournette. So just a question to you. If you were, I mean, is there a a streaming option on that would be wired right now? So we didn't talk about this beforehand, so it might be kind of difficult to do this on the fly. But of the defenses that might be there on, let's say, a redraft roster that might be a redraft league that defenses that would be available on the wire. Are you saying that you are confident over all of those that you would be very comfortable with Tennessee or would you even look? I looked, you know, the top streaming option this week would be Dallas, but actually in a few leagues that I'm in, they've been scooped up Uh, Dallas, obviously playing against the Dolphins. So anyone going against the Dolphins, but if you looked based on some of the other matchups, most of the defenses that are available are not that great and have not that great of matchups, the defenses. And then you have other defenses like Baltimore, where you'd be excited to have them normally, but they're playing Kansas City, so that yeah. is a H no for me. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, looking looking at the matchups this week, there aren't a ton of matchups that scream high favorability to streaming. Tennessee, this is not a matchup that I'm super scared of seeing what they were able to do against better offenses the first two weeks. Okay. 
Well, I have a, I actually have a list here of uh, most owned defenses or most that are available right now. So I'll give you guys a list of them and tell me what you guys think. I I see two on there just glancing at this list right now that I would probably start over Tennessee. So obviously Tennessee right now sitting at the top, we would start them over Jacksonville tonight, correct? Yes, I would. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the next one, this one is kind of a question for me, which we'll get into later because of injury, Seattle against New Orleans. I would start them over Seattle because I I don't – Seattle led a lot up into Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph. They were not very good against the Bengals at home in week one. New Orleans still has Alvin Kamara, still has Michael Thomas, still has Sean Payton calling the plays. I don't think they're a lock for a great performance. Yeah, I'm going to get back into a corner here if we keep doing this because I'm not picking – not picking Seattle, I'll take Tennessee. Okay, Seattle I thought would be an uh, interesting question. Same with the next two. Uh, the rest of them are, you got the likes of Arizona, Houston, Cleveland. I don't think any of those guys are, are worth starting. So what about Tampa Bay at the New York Giants and the newly minted quarterback Daniel Jones? Gosh, Tampa Titans. Yeah, Tampa Bay's defense has not been incredibly impressive in any way. and I mean, the Giants still have Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, they could have an okay game and still not put up a lot of points. Okay. Well, I mean, they, they, they put up 12 and 9 points so far this season against San Francisco, who's actually looked fairly good offensively. And then, I mean, Carolina, that was, uh, that was a bad game all around. But, okay, and then the last one would be then Carolina at Arizona, who's actually put up some fairly good points in their two games, even though losses. Fine. I'll start Tennessee. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely okay. would not start them over Carolina. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with what Murray has done. All right. Well, then, yeah, I mean, outside of those, and like I said, the, the rest of the list you've got, Washington, Arizona, Indy, Houston, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Detroit, Kansas City, Denver, Oakland, New York, New York, and Miami. So I imagine everybody's probably running the wave wire to get Miami outside of them. Actually, Detroit on that list is the only one that I would consider because they have been pretty decent. They held the Chargers down pretty well, and the Eagles are the walking wounded. They're so injured they aren't even able to have actual practices. Yeah. Would that be a question for you too, Tony, or would you still stick with Tennessee? Well, I hate it. I'm going to stick with Tennessee. Okay, all right. (laughs) All right, so let's move on to the Jacksonville side then. Obviously, we don't need to touch on the defense since we've – talked about how we really have no interest in starting them whatsoever. What are we expecting now again uh, tonight out of, you know, the the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Gardner Minshew, going up against what we expect to be a decent Tennessee defense here tonight. Again, in my opinion, has some very good weapons around him and DJ Chart, D.D. Westbrook. But what are we expecting against a good secondary in Tennessee tonight? I actually uh, think Gardner Minshew could be pretty decent. I mean, um, the Jacksonville offense wasn't incredible the last two weeks, but last week he threw for 213 yards, ran for 56, threw a TD. He's only had one interception over the course of two weeks. Uh, I think he could be a decent little play, even if they don't put up a lot of points. I mean, they only scored 12 last week, and he would have still been playable. There is one deep two-quarterback league I'm in where I lost uh, a couple of people, and I'm actually playing them tonight. What about you, Tony? What are your thoughts on Gardner Minshew tonight? 
Well, I like Gardner Minshew a lot. I'm still a little bit hesitant because I'm a little more limited. I didn't, to be honest with you, Gardner Minshew is somebody that didn't didn't quite make it all the way on the radar. I was looking at the Will Greers. I was looking at, I looked at Mason Rudolph a lot this offseason. That's not that I was anticipating an injury or something, but regardless, um, Gardner Minshew snuck up on me a little bit, and he's done a really, really good job. Conley, uh, Conley, and uh, am I thinking of that? That's not the right name, is it? Um, yeah, Chris Conley. Yeah, he's there. He's uh, he's had two good games. Him and Shark. That's and exactly Shark okay. That's really exactly good. Shark is who I was thinking of. I'm, I okay. apologize. Um, and that's another another guy that caught me off guard there. So the two of them together seem to have a bunch of chemistry. Shark's making huge plays, and I'm seeing Fournette slowly get ramped up a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's had six targets both games. Thirteen rushes the first game. Fifteen. This could be the game where we see Fournette become who we kind of want him to be. I mean, if he ends up with 17 to 18 rushing attempts and five to seven targets, this could be a game where they kind of put it on the back of their running back and let Minshew throw that deep ball down to get the to get those points to try to win the game, um, but just grind it out. It's going to be a grinder. Yeah, so I'm actually with you on the Fournette thing. I, he's played 93% of their uh, their snaps so far this season. I like that he's getting a little bit more involved in the passing game, as you just mentioned. I don't think he's looked that bad. I think it's really just the touchdowns have kind of what has killed his fantasy value right now. He's had two good games. You, if he gets a touchdown in there, he's right there at 20 points those first two Yeah, games. he's got no touch. Yeah, I think that's really what's held him back so far these past few weeks. I would be willing to start him as an RB2 tonight against this Tennessee defense. And now I'm all in on the Chark attack as well. I think he's proven through these first two weeks. You know, he looked good with Foles out there as well. And then obviously Gardner Minshew with with last most of week one and then all of last week. He's looked good. He's caught a lot of passes. He's made, made, yard, or got made yards. He's gotten a lot of yards and scoring touchdowns. I think... He has moved clearly into flex-worthy play for me. Outside of those two, though, unless you're in a super flex league, I would not start Gardner Minshew, even though I think he could have a good game tonight. So your guys' thoughts on outside of Gardner Minshew, you willing to, to plug in Leonard Fournette and Gardner Minshew. We'll start with you, Matt. I'm sorry, not Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark or Chris Conley. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on how deep your league is. Um, I can more easily see DJ Shark uh, just because I feel like he's been a little bit more consistent. But it's hard to know which of them, which of the receivers is actually going to be uh, great from week to week. Um, you know, any of them could have a game. I wouldn't feel super confident in any of them. Yeah, and I'm there with you too. I'm not um, as a flex. We're not even at the bye weeks yet, so I'm probably holding off on those guys at least one more week until I don't have any other option. All right, so then who are you guys picking to win the game tonight? Tennessee Titans or the Jacksonville Jaguars? We'll start with you, Tony. I'll take the Titans in a low-scoring, boring game. I should have said I wanted the Titans defense, okay? Can I admit that right now? Yeah, low scoring game. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I picked the Titans because of Derrick Henry. Gosh, yeah, I hate taking, that. I'm taking the Titans, too. 
I'm taking the Jaguars. I, I actually think they're going to have a really good game tonight. I like that Tennessee defense, and I agree with you, Tony. I think it is going to be low scoring. I don't think it's going to be a, a 38-28, some kind of shootout like that. But I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to pull it off tonight. I believe in Gardner Minshew and that porn stash of his that he's rocking. <laughs> I think they're going to rally a little bit on this whole Jalen Ramsey controversy and all that stuff. I think that they're going to have a good game tonight. Leonard Fournette's going to ball out a little bit, and they're going to end up winning this game. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so let's talk about some of the, not necessarily breaking news, but the NFL news that's happened over the past couple days. Uh, Daniel Jones actually got announced the starter the day uh, Tuesday that me and Matt recorded, and we both kind of completely forgot about that. So I want to get your guys' opinion on, on Daniel Jones moving forward, because... And we'll touch on the big subject as well with Eli Manning. We'll get we'll save that second because I feel like that's probably going to be a deeper discussion. But in, in my opinion, Eli Manning is not the reason that the Giants are 0-2. He's still put up fairly good numbers, fairly similar to what he's done the past few seasons. So what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones getting the starting job? And then what are your thoughts on him moving forward for fantasy? Uh, we'll start with you, Tony, and we'll move to Matt. I'm a little bit disappointed in the decision as far as real life football goes to have to bench Eli Manning. I, I don't see the giants in a position to win a whole lot this year. Maybe I'm on the outside looking in. Um, I mean, I'm on the wrong side of that argument, but, uh, it just seems like they're really putting Daniel Jones in the directly in the line of fire. Golden Tate's not back yet. Um, Sterling Shepard's banged up. Yeah. Saquon's Barkley. Barkley is there, but it, to me, it, I don't even understand the move at all. I don't think it's going to necessarily help them win a whole bunch more games. Uh, but maybe it's maybe it's some. I don't know. We've been seeing Dante Pettis has been been getting. Uh, what was the coach's words? He's trying to motivate him by not playing him. I, maybe it's one of those ridiculous situations. But to me, this doesn't make any sense. I like I like him. I like um, I like Jones Bunch, but. I don't see him being able to be immediately impactful. It's going to take a couple of weeks at least, and he may be pedestrian at best by then. Yeah, I think the the biggest disservice that uh, Daniel Jones did himself was looking fantastic in the preseason because that really put a ticking clock. I think most of us went from thinking that Jones was a long shot to play this year to knowing he was going to come in at some point. I had said on Monday when we talked about uh, the possibility a little bit that if I was the Giants, I wouldn't put Daniel Jones in right now for some of the reasons we just talked about. This is a road game, so he's not even at home. He has no receivers. I mean, I don't know how they expected that Eli Manning was going to do a lot of cast-offs from the Denver Broncos offense as his only receivers. I mean, he's out there with Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer. Those guys are fine for wide receiver four and five on your team. But if that's all you got, that is a problem. So even with Saquon Barkley, their offense is limited. So I don't know that you're setting Daniel Jones up to succeed uh, that well right off the bat. And what happens in New York if he flounders a little bit? I mean, the last time Eli got pulled, they put in somebody behind him. That person didn't look that great. And two weeks later, oops, we made a mistake. Let's put Eli back. I feel like this situation with a guy you drafted to be your franchise quarterback, there's no going back. And if he has a real bad first experience and gets off to a real bad start in games that count, are you going to ruin your future? 
If it was me, I would have waited a few weeks, picked a nice plum home game when they were playing like the Redskins and threw them out there. But, uh, you know, I think there's some desperation in New York. There's some desperation to be relevant. There's some desperation to get something positive going. There's some desperation to get the fans off their back. And for Pat Shermer, I think he's just like, I'm over it. I'm going to do the only thing that fans seem to think we can do, which is put Eli on the bench. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I was I thought it would come around the bye week, especially with the fact that, as you just touched on, Golden Tate out. Sterling Shepard, while it looks like he's he's progressing toward playing, still in the concussion protocol. They've got all kinds of injuries. You really only have Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley to rely on. I really thought they'd wait till at least the bye week, give him, you know, the ten days to kind of prepare for that first game. Hopefully you got all you'll have Tate back unless he gets injured, but hope you get Shepard back and everything and then allow him that really to kind of have his coming out party with somewhat of a full team around him. He's not going to have that. I'm, I'm the same. I'm disappointed for Eli. I think he, he deserves better than what he's gotten. Again, I don't think his play is the reason they've lost. So that leads me to the bigger question that everybody's been talking about. Do you guys think that Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback? We'll start with you, Matt. Go ahead. I do not. Tony? Super Bowl Super Bowls alone are not okay. enough for me. Okay. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, he's won some really clutch games, and he's done some really great things, and he's won two Super Bowls. And one of them, I think, was in Indianapolis. Without looking that up, I'm pretty sure one of them was, um, which is important to me because I'm in Indianapolis. But, yeah, like Matt said, the Super Bowl rings alone is not enough, and there have been plenty of times – that that Eli unfortunately didn't get the job done by putting him into the Hall of Fame conversation. It just opens a, a huge box, and unfortunately, no. All right, I disagree with both of you. I think that he is a Hall of Famer, and I'll just say most not just because of the Super Bowls. I don't put that much into it, but I do think in his prime, he was still one of the best quarterbacks in the game at that time. He, as something you mentioned, Tony, was extremely clutch in the playoffs when it matters, and that I think matters more at the quarterback position, because in a way, you can carry your team and lead them to a Super Bowl. I don't put that much in the Super Bowls, because I do think that's a team more of a team win than a quarterback when you have to have a great team to win the Super Bowls. And in the one, I can't remember which one it was. I, th- I want to say it was the second one. It was more that defense that won that game. I mean, he had the, the great throw to Mario Manningham on the sideline that helped uh, kind of lead them down to get the touchdown. But that defense was after Tom Brady that entire game, and it was because of them that they won that Super Bowl, not necessarily Manning. But I do think with the stats and everything he has put up and the clutch the clutch play that he showed in the playoffs and in the Super Bowls, I think deserves him a spot in the Hall of Fame. I do think he'll eventually get there, uh, but I do think he it's close. I, I don't have – if people say no, I don't argue vehemently against that, I guess. If he were to not get in, it would not you know ruin my day or my life or anything. But in my opinion, I would value him as a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm looking right here real quick. I just looked up career stats, and this doesn't have anything to do with it. But is he – he's not 116 for 116, is he? Am I looking at something he crazy? Is, yeah, he's, got no, a, he's he 116 is, he is one, and 116 yeah. is his record. It's incredible. That's yeah. incredible to me. I, he is 500. Yeah. yeah. I do agree with what you said, though. I mean, those quarterback wins are more important. And and there is weight. That That's something to be said there when the pressure's on and when the game matters most is are you going to make it work? Um so I do understand. I just don't necessarily agree this time. 
And that's fine. Like I said, there's a, it's, it seems like a lot of people are really torn on this. He's one of those guys that is obviously not going to be unanimous and might not even get the first in the first try or ever. Uh, like I said, I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, a lot of people were torn on this, but I saw a lot of people talking about it, obviously. When the announcement came out, you have a lot of his teammates coming out defending him, saying they thought he was. Other people saying not, so I wanted to get your guys' opinion, see if it differed from mine. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's not like we're talking about Tom Brady here, who if anybody came on here and said he didn't deserve in the Hall of Fame, as much as I hate the guy, needed to be slapped in the face by reality, because he's a Hall of Fame. But I think it's... I think it's going to be an open question with all three of those first-round quarterbacks from that draft year because Ben Roethlisberger has his fans and his detractors and Philip Rivers, who statistically seems to have been one of the most successful, probably the most successful of the three on a year-to-year basis, has never had the big game wins. And, I, you know, I think you could see it going either way on any of those three when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And that's why I don't think any of the three of them make it in. Oh, really? I would, I, tend to, I would tend to agree. I wouldn't I know. put any wow. of them in either. The, the problem is if you put one of them in, you have to put them all in. They're all equally good, but none of them have ever been transcendent. None of them have been transcendent. Good. That's the perfect way of saying it, Matt. Really? So I, I'm just curious. I was going to move on to something else, but this is an interesting discussion for me. So you would, you would say that you don't think Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger in their prime were transcendent in, in the NFL. Not just not I'm, for fantasy in, in NFL. I'm saying that if, if you let one of the three of them in, you got to let them all three in. That's that's my argument there. I'm not they've all have had phenomenal portions of their career. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about when you think about Big Ben at his prime, and when they had Antonio Brown healthy, when they had Le'Veon Bell there and ready and and eager and taking like that workload that he took, when they were playing when they were playing football. And made it look easy and putting up these huge numbers. Of course, if you look at that one year, but that's why I'm look that that's why that's I guess that's why I'm saying if you put one of them in, you have to put them all in because none of them did it for for such a sustained period of time that we don't have a choice like a Tom Brady, which is unfair. It's so unfair to compare the two of them. But you literally and that it brings up a whole other question: Is it the system? Is it the quarterback? It's, Tom Brady's going to the Hall of Fame, so I don't want to get lost yeah, in this one. Let's not, let's not here. get into that. That'll take yeah. to go through. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to get lost in it, but, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I see them all pretty equal. Where if you could put them on the one quarterback, it's a first round ballot unanimous vote. But unfortunately, I, I don't see a way of letting any of them in. Yeah, I don't think there was any point in time where I'd say any of the three was uh, transcendent, and you know they've. For Ben and and Eli, they've won some Super Bowls, but you look at the performances and the years when they won those Super Bowls. I mean, the first Super Bowl that Ben won was really Jerome Bettis' Super Bowl. Ben did not look good, really, at any point. He was very young. Second one he won, you know, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't incredible. Statistically, if I was talking about from a consistency standpoint, Rivers is the one that I like the best of the three, but I think it's even a hard... To make a case for him, all three of those guys, you, you're you looking, I, I think when you're talking about between a quarterback who's good and who's a franchise quarterback and a guy who is no doubt about a Hall of Fame quarterback, they have to rise to a different level during the most important games. You Of those three, the only one you could make an argument about that in the playoffs is probably Manning, and it's on the strength of those two kind of fluky Super Bowl wins over 
New England. You know, the Chargers ha- in Rivers' tenure have consistently failed to meet expectations in the postseason. Ben Roethlisberger, let's not forget, lost a playoff game to Tim Tebow. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about rising to another level, and no one was blessed with some of the weapons and some of the defensive talent that Roethlisberger had of the right. three. So I'm with Tony. You know, if you put one in, you'd almost have to put them all in. Uh, because they're all about the same level. They're all good players. Uh, at times, have been underrated players, especially for fantasy. But Hall of Fame, you know, if you're talking about a walk for the Hall of Fame, we've seen plenty of guys who have Hall of Fame talent that haven't gotten in. Uh, so it wouldn't be a huge surprise to me to see those three guys miss. So I think for me... I- I don't necessarily agree that if you had to put one, you'd have to put all three in. Cause I because do, of his last name. I do think that Phillip Rivers deserves to be in, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not. And all honestly, that's why I kind of hoped he won one last year. I really think that cemented the conversation for him. Because something you pointed out, Matt, he has by far been the most consistent. Consistently throwing for over 4,000 yards. His touchdown-to-interception ratio almost every single year is ridiculous. And the one thing you also said with Big Ben – is if you really go back and look at Rivers' career and what he's done in Los Angeles, he's not had quite that – he's really not had a full team around him most of the time. He had a couple of years with LaDainian Tomlinson, and then really the past, I would say, two years, he's had a really good team around him, but hasn't quite had that full team that I think has everybody expected, like last year, for them to be Super Bowl run that just got destroyed by the Patriots. But I, I think – I think all three will get in, but if I had to choose one of the three for me, it would be Rivers, just based on what he's done throughout his entire career. But that'll definitely be interesting to see because we are clearly coming toward the end for all three, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that plays out. Don't want to dive too deep into this because, like I said, it is a fantasy podcast, but an extremely interesting conversation nonetheless. Uh, So let's move on to some of the injuries here. David Njoku, we found out earlier today, broke his wrist on that uh, went up high for a ball that Baker kind of threw over his head, and he he came down on his neck, head, and wrist. It is broken, likely out four to six weeks. Uh, Does this do much for either one of you? I kind of feel like that makes a tight end position almost irrelevant in Cleveland, as you got Demetrius Harris now coming up. I don't expect him to do much in fantasy. Either one of you guys disagree with that. No, but it it may help Landry a little bit, gives uh, less competition for targets. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. I was down on Njoku coming into the season because of Landry, um, and maybe that maybe I was wrong. Week one, Njoku had six targets, so that was incorrect. But my thought process the whole time was that, that Landry falls back into his old ways, gobbling up targets in the middle of the field. Um, and he had to share those with the tight end. So I don't think it hurts the Browns at all. I think it, that's really unfortunate for Njoku. I hope it gets healthy quick. hope it comes back. I think they're going to move forward just the same. It's not going to affect Beckham in any way, I don't think. Um, and Chubb's still going to have plenty of room to run. So, no, I don't think it affects the, affects the team. All right. And obviously, Matt, we touched on it a little bit with the Drew Brees injury, but more has come out since then. He had the surgery, going to be out for a while. Uh, Tony, your thoughts on what this means for the Saints' offense and their quarterback position moving forward? Well, the Saints' offense is in a little bit of trouble. Um, There's a lot going on, though, with trying to figure out who the backup quarterback's really going to be. There's already talk about Taysom Hill splitting work. We talked about that just a little bit before. Um, 
so I'll leave that for you, Matt, because you were the one that brought that up. You must have seen that report. Um, But I expect Alvin Kamara to be more heavily used. Unfortunately, I was really big on Latavius Murray this offseason. Huge, trying to, trying to, big time trying to get his name out there. Um, This is going to destroy a lot of his upside. Um, Alvin Kamara. Is going to be more needed, and the goal line work just may not be as readily available as I'd hoped it was. So, with Michael Thomas, with Alvin Kamara, um, Teddy Bridgewater, or Taysom Hill, or whoever it's going to be, is going to have plenty of weapons to work with. Uh, but it does hurt my Latavius Murray piece. Yeah, and you know, we had actually talked earlier in the week and i suggested maybe they would have to lean more on the run game i went and looked at the play-by-play splits from that game because it wasn't one that i had watched a lot murray got five carries three of them came when breeze was still in so it really does seem like once breeze went out they did kind of shift uh away from him which i found interesting you'd be curious to see uh, how that moves going forward. I think Michael Thomas is still an okay play. I think Alvin Kamara is still an okay play. Both of them probably take a little hit from the top side that they could have. Uh, we talked about before, none of the other receivers really interest me, including Jared Cook, until we can see something. The biggest piece of news that probably has come out since then is someone asked Sean Payton yesterday if he was going to be more conservative with gadget plays for Taysom Hill since he's now the backup quarterback. And his response was, who said he's the backup quarterback? Uh, you know, that's probably a little bit of a misdirection. I think almost everyone believes that Bridgewater is going to start, but it makes me wonder if they're going to use a two-quarterback rotation. This is a reason I'm actually not high on picking up or trying to use uh, Bridgewater this week, because I think we really need to see what this offense is going to look like. Sean Payton is very good at being creative they have a lot of weapons we've seen Taysom Hill have a piece of the offense even when Breeze was healthy and playing I think there's definitely a chance that he's going to do something unique there yeah I would imagine Taysom Hill gets a lot of run I mean the the one thing I would point out with with people who don't think he's going to get in there they were willing to pull Drew Breeze off the field and throw Taysom Hill out there in some in some situations so why would you think they wouldn't do that with Teddy Bridgewater so I I think both are going to get a fair amount of work I'm with both of you I think Thomas and, and Kamara, I don't think, get hurt that much. I'm interested to see what happens with Murray. Obviously, I didn't know that stat before. You just uh, you, you talked about it there, Matt. But I would imagine he'll still get some run. Uh, and I'm right there with you, Tony, as someone who is hoping I have a lot of shares of Latavius Murray as well this year because I thought he'd fill in well in that Mark Ingram role. So hopefully that doesn't go away completely. But this week will definitely be a clear test and what they expect from their offense. And I do think Teddy Bridgewater will have a better game here as well. He didn't get thrusted into there. A lot of that game plan was obviously based on the fact that they hope, not even hope, they didn't think Drew Brees was going to get injured and play that whole game. The likely Sean Payton is still, I can I consider one of the best offensive coaches in the game, will game plan completely now around Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. So I think that they'll likely have a better game as well here uh, against the Seahawks this Sunday. The last bit of injury we will talk on before we'll do some bold predictions really quick is uh, Cam Newton. It's trending toward him possibly not playing this Sunday. What is your What are your guys' thoughts on who possibly gets the start here and what this might do for CMC, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore? It's a real bummer because I, I, they have a decent matchup playing against uh, the Arizona Cardinals, whose defense I don't really like, but... Um, Cam Newton hasn't looked good. If he plays with all this 
going on. You don't feel good about him. If Kyle Allen is the guy that comes in and plays, I don't feel really good about that. Uh, I am probably staying away from any of their pass catchers. I think McCaffrey got to have a bounce back game. He's going to get dump off passes. He should be able to run a lot better uh, against Arizona. I mean, we've seen what the, the two teams have done against Arizona the first two weeks. So I think he's fine, but I would not be interested in the pass catchers. Yeah, I'll just follow up with exactly what you just said and leave it there. I agree 100%. All right, so let's do some a uh, little bit of bold predictions. We're, we'll expand on this more moving forward, but today we're just going to do one player each that we think could have a huge game this week, contrary to what they've done the past two weeks based on matchup or maybe just a gut feeling. Uh, we'll start. I'll start it off, and then we'll go to Tony. And then, Matt, for me, it's going to be Stephon Diggs. Uh, I like the matchup they have this week against the Raiders. Raiders have actually given up the most passing yards in the NFL this season, which I know is crazy, considering the the amount of points that the Dolphins have given up. Uh, But it is actually the Raiders. I think that they're going to come out and throw the ball a little bit more. Kirk Cousins has a bounce-back game, and so so does Stephon Diggs. Hopefully a little bit more healthy off that hamstring injury he's been dealing with here the past couple weeks and really – I mean, just having bad two games, just a one catch last week for the touchdown, 40 yards. Did have two called back. I think that this is finally his week. He's going to break out, have a huge game, 100 yards and a touchdown. Matt, or Tony, I can't remember who I said was going next, but what do you guys have for your uh, bold prediction in week three? Well, I don't have a stat line written down yet, but Mason Rudolph's going to come in and pick up right where Big Ben left off. And it might be, I'm hoping, a little bit better bigger picture um everybody's we've been hearing all week long about college roommates and james washington and i just as we were podcast as we were talking i've got a notification on my phone about basically shots being fired at dante moncrief for not catching the ball there's a there's a legitimate chance here that mason rudolph he showed capable he's definitely been serviceable um he can step in with juju with his old college roommate with a whole college teammate, and uh, the big question there is going to be James Conner. He's been a little bit banged up, but recent reports say he's going to be okay. If they, if he's got all three of those weapons available to him, and Vance McDonald, there's no reason in the world why why this team can't pick up right where it left off. So I'm excited about that. So I'd put him, I'd stat him out at what Ben did in Week One, or maybe even a little bit better. I'd have to look at the stats though. Yeah, I think. I liked that uh, call, too. I think Mason Rudolph's going to be good. He has some history with James Washington. I had considered that, but now brace yourselves. Uh, My bold prediction is Mitch Trubisky finishes as a top 15 QB. Uh, They're at Washington. Um, You know, based on what you've seen from Trubisky the first couple of weeks, you're probably not thinking a lot about him. Um, but if you watch the first two weeks, Washington's past defense is nothing uh, to feel secure about. Even Josh Norman has been getting torched. So I think uh, Matt Nagy, good play caller. They really need to get that Chicago offense going. They have a lot of pieces that they want to get going. Burton's getting healthier. Allen Robinson's been looking good. I think they're going to scheme some things up against some soft coverage, and we're going to see Mitch Trubisky show his first flashes of uh, growth in 2019. I like it. I like both of them. And real quick, before we get out of here, uh, 
note just came across that Sterling Shepard has been cleared from concussion protocol, so he will be playing Sunday. So that is more good news for Daniel Jones, who we talked about just a little bit ago. Matt, Tony, thank you guys so much for joining me today, breaking down Thursday night football game, injury news, and then bold predictions. I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Have yourselves a great Thursday night, and enjoy the Sunday slate. Thanks, Bunch. Happy football. Enjoy. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen. Second down at 10, takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's in a 15, he's in a 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, there goes Chubb, he's in the 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Chubb, a hub! 92 yards! from Adam. Case on a deep throb. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh my God! Oh my God! segment here my, my good buddy Ty Moss is going to be joining me possibly every week he, he can't make commands he's got commitment issues but you know that's all right we'll, we'll work through that I've got him joining me we're gonna do a little bit of Ty talk until we can figure out a better name for this segment and we're just gonna bullshit and talk fantasy in this no no real advice we, we both disagree on a lot of players and everything and it's fun to argue with him uh, the way that we do so I'm just gonna bring him on here we're gonna talk some fantasy football so Ty how you doing tonight I'm doing all right, man. Uh, just still talking shit about all how bad your team is and how bad my, my team is. So let's go ahead and do this. We all know that my team's not bad, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a very good fantasy player. And, and that's, that's very evident by all of my wonderful success in fantasy, especially this year. Yeah. I think I started out. Your one team out of 35 teams you have can. Yeah, hey, that's, that's all that matters. I'll latch on to that one team because it's fucking magnificent. And I'm, 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 I'm glad with I'm happy with it. All right, so. What I like to do when I always bring people on here is get uh, get your guys' background and everything. So how long have you been playing fantasy football? And then tell me your favorite football team. You have a favorite NFL player. Oh, probably. Oh, I've been doing fantasy since, I'd say, 08 now. So it would be, what? what's that, That's 11 years? Yeah, 11. And then um, favorite teams, Dallas Cowboys, of course. Um Going to the Super Bowl this year with Kel Kellen Moore, and then uh, probably favorite player, anybody but Zeke. Probably have to say. Even I, it, I think it's just a more of a background on that was that you you got him, and I'm I was upset about the whole situation, but it's here nor there. And then I, I guess right now, as of right now, it probably have to be Amari Cooper. Just uh, Amari, 
Amari so, Brittany. I think it's the whole background of it all and, and the whole uh, hidden um, joke that we have. But Yeah, so no, no, no let's, let's jump into this because I love this talk on why you don't like Zeke. So, so tell everybody here why you don't like Zeke Elliott, why, why you hate him so much. Because it's not because he's a phenomenal player. It's because you were stupid. So tell everybody how you were stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't I – wouldn't, I, I, was, I was stupid. It was the timing of it with, the, with our uh, – the way that the, the the trading went, you wanted Zeke uh, coming out of Ohio State. I knew you wanted him. I had the first pick, but you, you gave me but you gave me everybody as far as rookie picks. Well, you gave me two rook, two first round rookie picks, and then a first round rookie pick the following year. Yeah. Just basically the whole the whole every, everybody that, that to set myself up for the next for the following years. And I was like, let's do it. But it was the timing of it. The timing of it was before the NFL draft. And that was when the Cowboys had the fourth pick. And I said, man, they're not dumb. They're not going to go and get Zeke. It'll be all right. And, of course, the everything else, history's all written itself now. So Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, it worked out for you. You ended up turning that into Le'Veon Bell and some other players. So you got out of it. You did draft Derrick Henry, which was semi-stupid in my opinion. But, hey, <laughs> that part of it is what it is. We can skip past that part. But, I mean, yeah, in all honesty, it was a fair trade. I know a lot of people in our league didn't like it, but you got – I literally moved up one pick. I had the one-two. I actually traded Jordy Nelson coming off his, like, almost MVP-type season there in Green Bay. So I had, I had the one-two pick, and I traded you that and my pick, which was one-nine, I think, and then my first-round pick the year later, all just to move up that one spot and get Zeke. So that was more of an yeah. overpay, in my opinion. But I know no, my that's, guy. But that, that's part of it. It's, it's, the, it's the timing of it all, and that's where a lot of people – you can always play Monday morning quarterback and say, well, look at it now. But in the moment, at the time, it was, it's, it was a fair and all trade. Like any trades that we do, especially in the league, uh, it's everything is, is in the moment. And that's what you have to look at. But a lot of people will say, well, look, looking at it now, it's like you can't, you can't look at it that way. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, it- hindsight bias in a way. It's easy to go back and look at a trade now, but at the time, even then, you were a, I think you had won one or two games that year, so you were you were in a way rebuilding. Like, you need, you had, with that right there, you got three picks dropping back one spot, and in all fairness, too, back then, everybody thought Derrick Henry might even be better than Zeke at that point in time. I was so, I was so big on Zeke, obviously, being an Ohio State fan, I had a little bit of bias toward him as well. But not a lot of people back then were saying, oh, Derrick Henry's a huge drop-off from Zeke. They had, they had those two right there together. So it's easy to look back at it now and be like, Derrick Henry kind of sucks, and Zeke's amazing. But back then, not a lot of people thought that. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's what's crazy. I'll go off a tangent real quick because of Derrick Henry and Alabama running backs. But it's like, <laughs> you have uh, Ingram, Henry, uh, now Jacobs. Kenyon Drake. Was Everybody was harping on like running how running. Alabama running backs do not draft, do not grab them. But it's like it's it's crazy now because everybody's they're they're actually finding their own ways and 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 actually doing well. The only person right now is Trent Richardson. That's like everybody's like, well, uh, that's that's. I feel like the only person. Ever, but until then, everybody was like, do not draft any Alabama running backs. Well, if Cleveland probably wouldn't have reached and took Trent Richardson when they did, he probably would have had a good career because I felt like everybody who's gone to Cleveland in the past two decades have died. So, I mean, that's yeah. uh, probably more on Cleveland than Trent Richardson, if we're, if we're all being honest with ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, I guess Bo Scarborough, we forgot about him, but I, I don't know. He wasn't as highly talented or highly rated as far as, ever, as, far as Ingram, 
and uh, Trent Richardson as well as uh, now Jacobs. So. Yeah, and Jacobs is going to be a bust here soon, too. He already kind of struggled last week against not, not so good Chiefs defense. I'm telling you, I know you're big on him. That motherfucker's hey, going to hit a wall. He'll be, he'll, he'll be better than Sanders. I'll tell you that, no, Mike. No, he won't. Sanders is going to ball out. Not this year. I'll give you that. Sanders is stuck in a stupid timeshare with two running backs who are not that good. But next year, Miles Sanders is going to be a smaller version of Saquon Barkley. You heard it here first, baby. That's, yeah, okay, okay, we'll put that on record. That'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't happen, I'll delete this episode. It's really easy to go in and do it. So, Well, you said that your favorite team is the Cowboys, so I want to I wanna get your, your thoughts on the Cowboys. They obviously look like a better team so far this year. Kellen Moore, we've talked a little bit about it off-air, uh, has really kind of turned this team around. I mean, I, I hate to say this because it, it honestly pains me. I'm, I'm worried that the pain in my – my left arm right here, and admitting this is might be the oncoming of a heart attack, and that the Cowboys might actually be Super Bowl contenders this year. How do you think, moving forward fantasy-wise, since this is a fantasy podcast, these guys are going to play out? Well, I think we, we've kind of jokingly said that about the whole bet, betting with Amari Cooper, that he'll be a top 10, but um, I, I think that he will to an extent. Um, I think that... Uh, He'll do really well. It sucks with Gallup being gone now and out for three to four weeks, possibly six, if if anything. But um, as far as Dak, man, if, if right now if you don't have Patrick Mahomes or or uh, or or Watson, man, I'm starting Patrick or I'm starting uh, um, Dak Prescott in as my quarterback. I mean, that's it's crazy to say because I'm I'm not I, I didn't think he was. Uh, that great of a passer, but I mean, everybody's saying it right now. Again, it's two weeks. You're playing Miami this coming up weekend, who's a college team, uh, and team. and so I'm we'll so we'll nice. see we'll see exactly. Again, we can always jump to conclusions and all that stuff. But as far as the Cowboys themselves, I do think Amari Cooper is going to be solidified as a top ten uh, receiver this coming up this year or this year. And then uh, Dak Prescott, man, uh, hate I I I don't want to say he's going to be a top five. But it, it, it will surprise me if he's a top top five, but uh, I can see him easily being a top ten fantasy wise. Um, Gallup, it just sucks. You can't you can't take him and 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 say oh in six games now or seven games because uh, it's only thirteen week season in fantasy, so you can't say like oh he's he wasn't a good receiver because people are gonna forget oh hey he has he's he was missing five or six games. But um, Cobb again, Cobb. That's a that's a flex in my opinion. If a deep flex, and then as well as Witten, deep tight end. If you don't have a tight end, that's that's just a sub tight end for for anything as far as uh, if you have a tight end that's on the buy. But I my main starters are going to be Dak and and uh, and Cooper right now. I agree with you for the most part on Dak. I don't think he finishes his top five, but I think he's easy top ten. I I don't see any way he doesn't finish there unless that whole offense just completely shits the bed, and I can't imagine that's going to happen. I mean, you would have to have, I would think, multiple injuries. I also think a big thing with that offense not a lot of people are talking about is getting Travis Fredericks back. I do think that was a big, big issue with that team last year on the offense. But – a lot of people know about this whole Amari Cooper thing because I shit on him, it feels like, on, on the daily on the podcast. So you are a big Amari Cooper proponent. So I want to do a little Amari Cooper talk here with you because you are just sold that he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Do you have any guess where he stands in the standings right now as a wide receiver through the first two weeks? For two weeks, I'm 
I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm saying he's probably 24, 25. Okay, he's 19, so you were close. Okay. okay. Which is probably closer to where he's going to finish this year is right around 19. <laughs> That's a lie. Let, let's look good. at it. There, we, we joked about this earlier, uh, actually a couple days ago. Obviously, you've got a bunch of guys up there at the top that are not going to be up there. None, none of us expect John Ross, who is currently the number one in wide, wide receiver fantasy, going to stay up there, right? You don't – I imagine you agree he's going to fall tell me who, I, I wouldn't have told – if you'd said, hey, who was the number one receiver as of right now, I, John Ross would have been no idea. Yeah, I agree so. with you. So you've got a bunch of people. I'm just going to run through a list of them. Tell me if you if you think any of these guys have a chance. These are guys that I would imagine don't. you got John Ross, right, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, no. DJ Chark, no, no, Chris Godwin, no, 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 no. Okay, I think he's close, but I do agree with you. Calvin Ridley, I don't think finishes up there. Larry Fitzgerald doesn't. What about Kenny Galladay? Uh, I, I think that people are. I'd, I'd say no. 15, 15, 16. Okay. Obviously, Demarcus Robinson's a no. Tyrell Williams is probably a no. John Brown. A no. So, that, that's a pretty good chunk of the list right there. I, I will admit that. But, here's my thing. I'm going to go back to last year's standings. Where, again, Amari Cooper did play a bunch of games in Oakland. Missed a game due to the head injury. Sucked in Oakland. Maybe that was Derek Carr in the offense. Who knows? Does come over to Dallas, as we've talked about. Balled out. Not easy for a wide receiver to do to come over in the middle of the season and ball out. Tyreek Hill finishes a number one wide receiver last year. Chances are he is not going to outscore Amari Cooper now being out for six weeks. We, we know he's, he's not coming back till at least week seven, probably closer to week eight, week nine. Even with Patrick Mahomes, I think we can both agree he's not going to finish ahead of Amari Cooper, assuming Amari Cooper finishes as a top ten wide receiver. Correct. Okay. What about DeAndre Hopkins? I think it's fair to say he's oh, yeah, finishing above. Okay. Devontae Adams. Yes. Okay. Julio Jones. Yes. That should have been a lot quicker on the yes there, but uh, okay, we'll continue. <laughs> we'll continue moving on. Michael Thomas. Yes. So yeah, yeah, so, just because he's gonna yeah. get. He's gonna. Teddy gonna feed him the ball. He's, he's gonna exactly. feed him the ball. Keenan Allen. See, I feel like they're about the same, and that's in our reality. I'll give the edge to Keenan Allen just because he has a quarterback that's been. Known to be giving him the ball more in that sense. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. So Keenan Allen, I actually don't. He he's a good. Uh, I mean, he's only four points ahead of him right now. So you know, you're you're right on spot with that. He's where did uh, I just lost the market? He's at thirty two, and Keenan Allen's at thirty six points. So four points ahead of him. So they're still fairly close right now going into this season. But I would take Keenan Allen over him. This will be the interesting one. Antonio Brown. No. The, the only reason is is that I think that the man the Patriots uh, they want they just do everything just the opposite of what everybody thinks. I think that that especially I mean again, not a lot of people are going to look at Miami as far as just being a football team in general, but like they're just going to say the Patriots do this because they're the effing Patriots. They're like, hey, we're going to sh- showcase uh, Antonio a little bit. And then, uh, and then people will kind of be like, "Hey, well, we got to look out for him. Let's look out for him." And next thing you know, Philip Dorsett's still going to go off, and he's going to be a better. I think Philip Dorsett is going to be a better overall receiver at the end of the year than Antonio Brown, as far as stat wise, fantasy wise. 
I should have just hung up on you right then after that call, but uh, we're going to keep going because I've only gotten 13 minutes of, of segment here. So we're going to keep going, but that is a horrible call on your part, Philip Dorsett being better than Antonio Brown. All right, Odell Beckham Jr. That It's not even a question. I know you're going to say no because you hate the Browns and you think Amari Cooper's I'll give, I'll, I'll give OBJ. I'll give OBJ. All right. Let's Head see here. How many, how many guys you got so far? Let's see. I don't know. I was just trying to count that up. We're, I'm, I'm looking at this year's list, not last year's list at the moment. So right now we've got DeAndre Hopkins, Adams, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, uh, Keenan Allen, and then Odell. So that's six right now. There's still quite a few okay. guys that we got to get to. However, and this is, again, we talked about this a little bit, is where I think you're going to end up winning this bet because a lot of these next couple guys I'm going to name really got fucked here in the past couple weeks. Number one being Juju. <laughs> I think going into last week would have been an easy yes. Now, even I am a little shaky on Juju possibly finishing as a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, but you could say, I guess you can argue the fact of if it if Juju won't, how come Michael Thomas will? If Let's just say, let's just say if Drew Brees is out seven weeks, eight yeah. weeks, that's the majority of 13 weeks of fantasy. So in the sense of like, if it's, if, if Michael Thomas is going to be a top 10 receiver with Teddy Bridgewater, why can't Juju Smith-Schuster be a top 10? Now, I'm not advocating that Juju will, right. but what makes you weird about that then? So the one thing I'll say is, as crazy as this is to say, I trust Teddy Bridgewater a little bit more. I've at least seen him in the NFL and do a little bit. On top of that, they have no one else. And I mean no one else. I don't. Ted Ginn is phenomenal for what he does in stretching the field. I don't see him making any kind of impact. We haven't seen anything out of Jared Cook. The only one that might steal some looks away from him is going to be Alvin Kamara if he gets some dump-offs from Teddy Bridgewater. For the Steelers' offense, I feel like they have a lot more weapons around him. They have James Conner. They have Jalen Samuels. James Washington and Mason Rudolph, we've seen, have had a great connection through college, preseason. They've got Vance McDonald there who's proven he can be a legit tight end when they throw him the ball. I would take all those guys over half of the Saints players, which is crazy to say, where I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to fo- is going to focus in on Michael Thomas. And the one thing I'll say, I don't think this is outrageous to say, Michael Thomas is a better wide receiver than Juju. He just is. He's got a bigger catch well, radius. He's a better possession receiver. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I get that. I mean, because Juju has been the second receiver, so he's had the second um, cornerback, per se, that uh, against the defense, stuff like that. So, I mean, I get that that part of it, that he he's transitioning into the number one. Now, not saying, like, He's gonna be when a lot of people were like, man, he's the number one. He's the he's the only thing in Pittsburgh, like yeah. receiver wise, going into the season. And then uh, he just he hasn't fulfilled it. But again, transitioning into that number one, sometimes people do well. Sometimes people don't do well. So I I, I get that now. All right. So are but we, Michael, you gonna put him right, ahead of him? Going. That's the question. Are you gonna put him ahead of Amari Cooper this year? Ooh, I, uh, let me go no. I'll go no. No, I'll go yes, just for the hell of it. So that gives us seven right now. The next three, okay. and these three are, I think are all going to be tight. We'll start with the one that I think has a better shot, even though I hate this guy, and that's Mike Evans Mike. in Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, I would, as a starting of week two, um, or starting into week three, yeah, he's I'd say no. I, I will say no. I will somewhat give you that one. I, I'm, I'm hesitant on him as well. The next two both finished in the top 12 last year. 
one of them finishing at 7, the other finishing at 11. However, their offense has looked extremely shitty so far, especially throwing the ball with the way that their running back has been going off, and that's Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Do either, neither, or both finish ahead of Amari Cooper this year? Uh, I'm not a big um, Thielen fan. I just I feel like Thielen's like, but I'll give Thielen it. Sorry, I'm just gonna okay. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, but Diggs wise, I I just say be, the only reason being is that as again this is week two going into week three, but Dalvin Cook is getting a lot of reps, and I think they're going to continue feeding that dude, and they'll just they're going to keep on relying on him. A lot more, and I just think Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen will finish it. Stephon Diggs will we'll take him out. Yeah, I agree with you until Dalvin Cook blows out his ACL again in Week Eight because they're giving Ooh, him the ball too much. Don't put, that, <laughs> you don't put that juju on him now. And that's perfect because we play each other in Week Nine, so that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> so let's go to the next couple players we got here. One of them finished in the top 12 last year in Robert Woods. The other finished just outside, and that's Brandon Cooks. We're at eight right now. Do either one of these two finish in the top 10? No. The only reason why I say it, just because there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Um, could they finish 12, 13, and 14? Absolutely. Uh, as far as Cup, if Cup stays healthy. Um, but I just think that, uh, man, but I, I say, the only reason why I say it is that. I think that I think um, Sean McVay is trying to do a little bit of Bill Belichick saying like, who are we actually going to contain? Who are we going to going to keep? And who are we going to contain? And they don't know exactly who to contain. But the thing is, is that golf is going to spread the ball around. We all know it. But uh, they, he does. We all know that we he does love Cup more just because of him being roommates and stuff like that uh, during the off season. And, and uh, but it's as far as just him spreading the ball around, that's why I'm just saying that there's going to be three, those three receivers could easily be again, 13, 14, 15, 15, 16, 17, in the sense that they just finished right there in the teens, but outside of Amar Cooper in the top 10. Okay. I'm going to give one at least. And I think it's going to be Brandon cooks. I love Robert Woods. I own him in a couple leagues, but I think Brandon cooks is going to have a huge breakout year this year. We saw it a little bit in week two, uh, I am a little worried about it, like you were talking about, just because it does seem like it's going to be one or the other every single week, and if it continues to to change, Robert Woods had a good week in week one, Brandon Cooks went off in week two, so if it does continue to do that, neither one of them will, but that offense is too high-powered, they have they play a lot of bad teams going later into the year, I think one or, I don't think both, but I think one of them is going to jump Amari Cooper, so that gives us nine right there, I only got to find one more player out of all these wide <laughs> receivers, and we're going to fucking do it, so... Let's go okay, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y., baby. No. Not, T.Y. No, not even close. T.Y. T.Y. He's going to do it. He's my 10 right there. Jacoby Brissett <laughs> has been looking for him. <laughs> go ahead. Go give me your crap analysis no, on T.Y. Hilton. He has a cool, cool initials. Um, the uh, Jacoby Brissett, man, it's just they. he's never really like he, – he's like T.Y., but he's never like as – as far as just being fantasy relevant, just Ty will he'll finish in the in the I'd say the the high teens um, this year, uh, just because again it's it's week three or going into week three we're we're all we're just we're trying to see the future but we don't know the future but as far as my prediction of the future, Ty will finish 
in as far as the the high teens and seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. All right, I still think he'll finish it right up there at ten, but we'll we'll, we'll try somebody else here. What did he do? What did he do last year? I mean, it's, of course, with Andrew Luck. What did he do? Last finished at fourteen. He finished at fourteen last what? year, but he also missed a bunch but of games last year. He was injured. Let me see here. He got two hundred and one points and missed three games last year. He pretty much okay, averaged but, double digits. He had two single-digit games last year, one 7.5 and one 3.9. I'm sorry, three, and a 9.2 game. So outside okay. of those three games, he, he was double digits every single game. And that's with a healthy, now-retired Andrew Love. But Correct. Okay, I got you. But the one thing is you, you also have to remember, this team is a lot better than when Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback last time. They've looked fairly decent through two weeks, playing two good opponents as well. So you can't take that away from him. And he's targeted T.Y. Hilton heavily in both those games because much like the whole, uh, man, who are we just talking about, the Michael Thomas argument, there is no one else to throw the ball to in Indy. He's got Eric Ebron who struggles with drops like Amari Cooper does. So he's going to go to T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, I mean, again, maybe maybe I jumped the, the gun onto it. I mean, yeah. a lot of your facts are you – always, you always come up with facts, but it's – Again, the facts don't lie, or the the stats don't lie, and I mean, but I also stick to my to, to the to the late teens on Ty. All right. Maybe maybe ahead of all the the trio in in uh, in Saint or in, um, L.A. But we'll touch on three more. So and I know, got, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going with it. Okay, what do you got? We're gonna go three more, and I know you're not gonna think any of them because you want Mark Cooper to finish in the top ten, but there are three guys I think could be close. Tyler Boyd yeah. in Cincinnati. No, because AJ, AJ Green's coming back. Is he? From what I've heard for the past several weeks, yeah. But and that, if he comes back, if he okay, let's effect? just say he does come back. Yeah. No. He won't. Okay. Boyd will not. Tyler Lockett. No. Why? They run the ball too much. Do they? They run the ball way too much. How, how, who ran the ball the most last year? Seattle did. We're not talking about 2018. Okay. We're talking about 2019, though. Okay, again, who runs? who's probably running the ball? I don't have the stats of right now, but who's probably running run the ball the most this year in two games? Uh, probably Seattle. Minnesota, actually. <laughs> that would be my Minnesota. guess. Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Seattle might be second, the, but Minnesota's one. But at fun. the end of the year, I'm, I'm, you're, you're going to go to Seattle. It, 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 no. Okay, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll somewhat give you that one. He was a little bit of a stretch. And the last one, because I really think he has a chance to be up there, Chris Godwin. You said no earlier. Why? Tell me why. Because everybody loves him, and he's getting the ball a ton. We've seen that the slot wide receiver, it was Larry the Legend, which I'll give you that, in, in Arizona with Bruce Arians, was a top ten wide receiver when he was there. Chris Godwin does not have maybe – Larry Fitzgerald's talent, but he is an extremely talented wide receiver, so why will he not finish up there near the top ten? As weird as this is to say that that I think that there's too many mouths to feed there, and the only reason why I'm saying that is that you have Mike Evans and O.J. Howard along with Chris Godwin, and I think that I, I saw it on today that, that they've asked, they asked Bruce Arians, hey, when is O.J. Howard going to – Receive the ball, and and he said his, his the balls are going to come to him, and I'm not going to I'm, I'm taking that with a grain of salt, but that 
when the media is asking about, oh, when is this guy going to? Because again, how many people were big on OJ Howard this year? I mean, from all I, the, going into the going into the season, a lot of people were. A lot of people were comparing him to being the 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 Evan Ingram um, tier. Uh, I forget who else the other tight ends were at this time, but like he was in that 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 echelon, or that that little group of tight ends to be there, and he hasn't in two weeks. Um, I think that there is just there's going to be too many too many mouths to feed in that sense that uh, Chris Godwin will will get his own, but he just he'll he'll finish I think in in twenty to thirty as far as receiver Mike Evans um, will finish higher than him again. It's two weeks in. We always, I'm gonna just keep on resorting back to that. I don't know how many times I've said it, but I think that that's every time it's gonna come back to it. That Evans is gonna be the number one. Uh, I'll give Godwin the number two, and then they still got to feed the ball to to uh, to OJ Howard, and that's also with a quarterback that's just inconsistent. I mean, we'll be let's be honest. I'll give you that. He's extremely inconsistent. And you said it's only week two enough times that if we made a drinking game out of it, everybody would be drunk right now, just so you know. Yeah. So, right, so I, I, again, I, I'm going. So, Chris before, Godwin out. I'll, I'll, Chris Godwin out. Um, so, you've given me three outside of the top ten. I've denied all three. Um, so yes. Is there anybody your, else? No. According to your standings now, he'll finish ten because we've got nine ahead of him. I have and that's, 10. That, that's that's what the bet is. I said top ten, and yes. and as of right now, you're you will be losing the bet. As of right now, <laughs> so let me ask you something. One thing uh, before we move off Amari of Cooper, we'll touch on a couple more things before we get out of here. But I want to ask you one thing on Amari Cooper. The the one thing I feel like we can all admit, and I've said, you know, joking aside, he is an elite wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think he's elite fantasy wise, but I do think he is an elite NFL wide receiver. Where he struggles, and in all fairness, a lot of wide receivers in the NFL struggle, is with extremely good physical cover corners, correct? Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Outside of Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying a lot of wide receivers are good with it. There are. There are a lot of wide receivers who are not good against strong physical corners. We, I mean, and we even saw Hopkins struggle against Jalen Ramsey, who is, again, top three probably in the league right now, and he, he got six catches for 40 yards. So he's... Well, I'm not trying to say that, that I'm not poo-pooing Amari Cooper at all by saying that statement. Just throwing that out there. There are a lot of good cornerbacks. Wide receivers tend to struggle against really good cornerbacks. So let me ask you. Saints, Marshawn Lattimore. Can Amari Cooper put up a lot of points against Marshawn Lattimore? Because he didn't last year. Is Marshawn, is Marshawn c- covering him the whole time? I, I, I don't know so. how far Lattimore, as, as long Lattimore, as... For the most part, Lattimore, uh, what's it called? I can't think of the word right now. He uh, travels. He doesn't okay, always so travel. He travels, for the most part, he, if he travels. travels Mars Cooper. Yeah, if he travels with him, Mark Cooper will will struggle. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, because I'll just say with, with Washington, he didn't because because of Josh Norman. But Josh Norman, different, a lot different cornerback. But anyway, Josh that's here nor there. But I mean, don't don't tell don't tell him I said that because he beat my ass. But Josh Norman sucks. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. The Packers. The one thing I'll say about the Packers, while they don't have a shutdown cornerback, their defense right now is the best against the pass. Now, they have not played two great opponents. They've, they've pretty much held Minnesota in check. Maybe that's because Kirk Cousins sucks. I don't know. Again, as, as you like to keep saying, it is only week two, so let's not overreact. But the Packers' secondary has looked phenomenal so far against the Bears and the Vikings. And the Cowboys have them in yeah. two weeks. So do you? How, what do you expect from a game from Amari Cooper in that one? 
that that's going to be my game for just the Cowboys in general. Um, I think that Cooper Cooper's going to get his own um, because with it not being a shutdown cornerback, a physical cornerback. But there's again, like you said though, that no one is uh, the, the, you don't know that the cornerback who's going to guard him. Uh, so I feel like that that Daxon give him the ball. He'll 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 be a a wide receiver. I give him a wide receiver two. I'm not gonna give him a one or a, a one. I'll give him a wide receiver two. But um, feel like it. He'll be fine. He'll be he'll be fine. The Dallas Cowboys will be fine. But it's gonna that's gonna be the biggest test uh, as a Cowboys in whole. But I think Amari will will be fine. All right. Next up, they've got the Jets, which I feel like Amari could probably have a good game there. I mean, you got Jamal Adams, but I don't think he really travels or anything like that. So probably a good chance for Amari to have a good game in that one. I, I will give him that. Eagles, same thing. I don't see him struggling that much against the Eagles while they have a good overall defense so far. Their secondary has struggled this year, so I would think Amari has a good game. Then they've got the bye week. I am worried about the Giants either, but here's another test for them. They've got three big – actually four. I take that back. Four big tests in a row. And this is where I think it's going to come down to me winning this bet. Vikings. Okay. Vikings have a really good secondary. And I do think that they can be physical with Amari Cooper and limit his production. Will he put up points? Yeah, I don't expect him to give you a zero, but he's not going to get you the – I personally don't think if he goes double digits, it's going to be right around 10 or 11 that week. I don't think he has one of those 20 to 18-point weeks that week. No, yeah, I'm not, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. 10, 10 to 11 is, is, is fine, but uh, we'll, we'll just jump back real quick to, those, to the other team that he's playing that you said he's not going to struggle with. So if he puts up 15 to 20 points – then that 11-point game is kind of overshadowed in the True. sense that okay, being a top that. 10. Yeah, so, so he's had three good keep, games keep. out of we've, – we've touched on one, two, three, four, five. We're on six now. So he's had three good, three bad, more than likely. So, again, back to what Amari did last year, which everyone seems to overlook, because all you guys want to do – all you Amari lovers, when you're, when you're stroking your cocks and thinking about him, <laughs> is that you think about his 20- and 18-point games, you guys forget about the games where he put up three, four, seven, eight for the three and four weeks in between those big games. But, but, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute because I want to go to the next game, the Detroit Lions and Darius Slay, who travels. Mari Cooper ain't doing anything against Darius Slay. Darius Slay is one of the uh, best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, but I, 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 I get you on it. But I think that the again that it'll be quick. Quick note: it'll be different. It'll, it'll be different to see exactly because I think that um, Kellen Moore understands that Amari Cooper does struggle against those types of receivers. So it'll be interesting to see what he exactly what he does with them. He may. He may do the Kyle Shanahan and say, you know what? Let's go ahead and put him in the slot. Let's back him off the line, so he's not so he's not as as uh, as getting physical on the outside, lining up on, at the line of scrimmage, so he's getting jammed. So it'll be interesting to see. I, who knows, man? But what we'll uh, only think, time will tell on that. I think even if he goes in the slot, Darius Slay is going to follow him. He tends to follow the best <laughs> wide receivers, but I could be wrong. Next up, the New England Patriots and Stephon Gilmore. You going to tell me he's going to have a good game against Gilmore? Yeah, I think you will. I disagree with you one hundred percent on like, that. Like, I think, but again, like, what's what's a great, what's a good game? Is is ten or eleven points? Fifteen points. Not great, but I think that ten points could, could he, ten points is not going to get him in the top ten. He's going to have to get you fifteen to twenty points at this okay. point. So no, I don't think he gets that. 
The Buffalo Bills, who are also right now one of the best defenses in the league. Again, as to get ready to take your shot, we're only two weeks in. <laughs> but they are still one of the best defenses in the league right now. Now, this one, I could see him having a good game. But I'm going to say the same thing. I think he gets you 10 to 11 points again. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. But it's consistency, too. And that if, if they, he consistently gets 10 points, if, if, if eight points or nine points, if he gets that in, for three weeks – out of the out of the whole thirteen weeks that the the season of fantasy it is, then like I'm okay with that. Now, is it a top ten receiver in those three weeks? No, but again, going back to the games that he's he could get those twenty, like I think that again that it's going to overshadow it and it'll put him in that top ten, in my opinion. I doubt it. I really think he's got to get more than 10 points a game. I'll look at something in a minute, but then you got Bears, which I think will be a, a tough matchup. Rams, it could go either way. That could become a shootout, so he could probably put up points against the Rams. And then he's got Eagles, Redskins. We already saw what he did against – well, didn't actually have a great game against the Redskins, but they're a team I think he could have a good game against if he even plays – because at that point, they may already have the division locked up. They may sit him. They sat Zeke last year. So we'll see what happens with that. I want to pull something up really quick, and then I'm going to move on. Ask you one more question before we get out of here. So you said that you thought 12 points a week consistency might get him a fair. Uh, see, I don't want to do this because that's not fair, actually. I was going to say that would have landed him as, as wide receiver 30 this past week because that's what he got to, 12.4 points. The four, four catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown, 12.4 points. Finishes as wide receiver 30 on the week this past week. And, I mean, just looking at this list, obviously there are a couple people you could take off there. Calvin Ridley, John Ross, Nelson Aguilar. Guys of those type to Marcus Robinson, Marquise Goodwin, Cooper Cup, DJ Chark, Devin Smith. So, yeah, there's a chance, obviously, that he could finish up there. But I, I really think I've, I've got this one in the bag, buddy. I appreciate you talking I'll through go, it. But, but real quick on that note, if you look back last year, what did, what did Thielen average? What did Diggs average? Those guys are in the top like last year, 8, 9, and 10. So the top eight, nine, and ten, Juju Smith-Schuster, who finished eight, averaged fifteen, fifteen. Adam Thielen, fifteen, seventy-four. Mike Evans at nine, fifteen, oh nine. Robert Woods at ten, thirteen, nine, one. Uh, Stephon Diggs, who finished at eleven, averaged fourteen point three five points. Keenan Allen at twelve, thirteen, two, three. Uh, T.Y. Hilton at thirteen, averaged fourteen point three six. Odell Beckham at fifteen, averaged sixteen point six. And then you start getting down into the twelve and thirteens, and you're down now at wide receivers sixteen and seventeen. Okay. And so then, and then, obviously, some of those guys like you got T.Y. Odell, Keenan Allen, all those guys missing games as well, and still average those points. Okay, I got you, but. Like I said, I'm not going to say that he's going to consistently – I don't want him to average the 10, but, could, again, he'll, he'll finish top 10. He'll finish top 10. Yeah, I know that's what you're And I'll win the bet. I'll win the bet, and I think – what's the bet? Is it shaved head or no, is it the – No, that's the T-shirt the, thing. Shirt. I don't even, it doesn't even make sense what we decided on the T-shirt thing, but it's a T-shirt bet, so we'll just – We'll, we'll stick with that. All right. So what I want to get from you really quick before we get out of here, and then we'll save some uh, debating on this for the next episode, hopefully, that, that you can join me. And we'll do some more more talks about, like, the Thursday night games and everything moving forward. We just wanted to kind of have a little bit of fun in this first episode and see how well it went. I want to get your top 12 backs real quick. Who are your top 12 running backs that you think – or who you think is going to be the top 12 this season? Oh, man. I, I mean – well, let's be honest. You have Zeke. Um, you have 
I'd say Zeke, Saquon, Kamara, your normal McCaffrey, um, five, I'll go with Bell, six, you have, oh man, you, you would, you would do this to me like right off the, of course, the head right now. Your, your fantasy knowledge. All right. Now you have, so six is David Johnson, seven, I'd say, Hate saying it, Todd Gurley, but Todd will finish top ten, which again week two. But eight, I feel like I'm missing a couple of guys. Let's see here, eight will be. I mean, you're missing your guy right now, so you're obviously not that. You don't have that much. Uh, uh, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook will be will be a nine. Oh, man. I would say Nick Chubb, man. And then 10. Ooh, 10 is just a toss-up. But let's go. Let's go with... Man, I, I don't even... I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go with just running through everybody. Well, I'll give you a list of, a peop- of people you haven't named yet that have a fairly good point so far this season. you got Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Marlon Mack, Mark Ingram, Chris Carson... Uh, Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary, Carry On Johnson, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead, David Montgomery. Any of those I'll guys pique your interest? You. I'll stop. You. I'll stop you. Let's uh, let you know what I'll go with. Top, my tenth is Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones, um, Malifaux will be will give him the rock a lot more, and he'll be he'll finish the top ten. Got two more. I said and top twelve. And it's right. What's up? With, with the Dalvin Cook, this is barring an injury. He's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't hold any of this against you in case they suck. Let's see here. So, Derrick Henry. Well, Austin Eckler obviously is not once Melvin Gordon comes back. You don't think – so right now, like Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, your boy Josh Jacobs, you know, the phenom rookie in Oakland, all those guys right there. Where do you think those three finish real quick before we get out of here? Josh Jacobs, 13 to 15. Derrick Henry, uh 14 to 16, um, and you said Ingram. Man, Ingram's just a turd that won't flush. I'll, I'll give him the 12 to 15. 12 to 15. All in, this, all, all in that area. Okay, all right. Mid, mid, mid to, what did you say, mid-15s right around there? Yeah, all, all, all three of those guys. All right. One more question before we get out of here. Who, who's your most owned fantasy player that you think of, and how many leagues are you in? Oh, like, I'm in only – I'm in eight this year, most – I've done. Um, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is uh, is my number one player, right. and uh, we'll see what happens with him. I, <laughs> he's he, he's carrying a lot of loads. Patriots are going to twist his leg on the way on a tackle. He's going to break tear his ACL. You're going to come crying right. here next right. week. Right now, you have Dalvin Cook and Le'Veon Bell getting their ACL tore by week four. Well, so you should, you should if that happens, dude, players, I will go. Buddy. I know you'll quit. Uh-huh. I said. I said you shouldn't draft injury-prone players. No, I was gonna say you'll quit, like like your other leagues, right? When things don't go well for you, you just drop out. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. But as far as the as far as our league itself, having Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, I'm not too worried in the far in the sense of death if that does happen. Yeah. 
Well, it'll be interesting. So I, I'm hoping that we'll be able to, to record a, a podcast this weekend with a couple of the guys in our league. Uh, and, and we'll post that up this weekend and we'll talk all about our teams and our leagues because, I mean, it's loaded. You Other people, when you guys listen to my team, will roster bait for me. I don't even have to do it. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to talk about that. Hopefully this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for joining me today, buddy. We've done a nice little 42 minutes here. Be uh, we'll, we'll get it up there, and hopefully we can continue to do this every week. No, I appreciate it, man. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line.